Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my passion, my obsession in life to teach you how to be productive in our distracted world. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for my free seven-day productivity challenge. Give me two minutes a day, and I will teach you strategies on how you can become more productive. Get the seven-day productivity challenge for free by going to my website, mrproductivity.com. Mr. is all spelled out, Mr productivity.com. Today on the show, Katie Elliott. She's the founder of Little Challenges, a place to find simple, practical, evidence-based ideas of way to make the messy business of being a human being just a little bit easier. She is also the host of Adventures and Behavioral Change podcast. Let's get right to it. This is an awesome episode. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Mark. I am so thrilled you're here. And I love, you know, this is going to sound really strange, but my listeners know that I'm a strange person. I love talking to people from outside the United States because you have these accents and you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> I don't have the accent. You have the accent, but I just love the English accent. It's so proper. Does it sound proper to you? You sound like a queen. Am I talking to the queen or a princess right now? I mean, I, I am so not the queen. I mean, I could <laughs> pretend, but there's very little resemblance. I'm sorry if that disappoints you, but. <laughs> yeah, not to mention you're probably not. How old is she? Uh, 322 years old? She's a little bit older than me. Not much, but just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am super excited to have you on the show. And the reason why is you have a company called Little Challenges and I am a big fan. My listeners know I'm always saying that complexity is the gateway to procrastination. We need to make things simple. And you are kind enough to send me your Amico cards. And the ideas on these cards, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, is so simple. And I think people need to embrace simplicity because when you get into complexity, then you get into overwhelm and then all these negative emotions. And we don't want that. So let's talk a little bit about what Little Challenges is all about. How did you come up with this concept? Well, I came to this work because I was really struggling with being a human being. <laughs> so okay. I, I'm in my late 40s now, and I've spent almost all of that time just kind of flailing about not doing a very good job of being a human being. So struggling with relationships with people, struggling to communicate effectively, um, struggling to manage my time and manage my emotions. And as a result of that, I got all these kind of labels and diagnoses and, and had all manner of kind of adventures with my mental health. And then uh, about four years ago, it came to a head and I had a massive breakdown at which point I decided that I was going to try and reinvent myself and find ways of being a slightly more functional human being. <laughs> so, so that's what I've been doing ever since. And it's been the most interesting journey of my life, actually. And it's totally transformed how I behave and how I communicate and how I think. And at the heart of that was learning to do little things in sustainable ways that were healthy and promoted happiness and a sense of purpose and a sense of contribution. So I, I created this project, which is called Little Challenges, and it's about how we can set ourselves tiny 
goals in life, that if we learn how to do them and sustain them over time, we can make massive changes actually to the quality of our everyday experience. I love that. And I'll tell you why, because I think a lot of people think they have to do really big things and they go, well, the little things don't matter. So I won't even get started. But your whole premise, as is mine, is just do something small, just get started. And then you can get this ally in your side. His name is Momentum. And but you got to get started. And a lot of people don't want to get started. And that's because they're looking at what Jim Collins from Built the Last in the night. I think 1997, the book came out uh, called the Big Harry Audacious Goals. I think everyone needs to have a big Harry Audacious goal. But if your goal is to summit Mount Everest, well, you can't do that today. But you can do a little step to start walking toward that goal. And I love how you talk about it's the little changes, not the big ones that really matter. Yeah, well, that was certainly my experience. So I previously had a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. It turned out that I didn't have bipolar disorder, but for a long time, it was believed that I had. And really what was happening in my life was I was setting myself those big audacious goals and I was, I would get really energized and motivated and, and I would work very, very hard towards those things, imagining that if, if I could achieve those things, it was going to transform my life and I would finally learn how to be happy and healthy. But what happened was along the way, I, I would do things like not look after myself properly. I would start really believing what was going on in my mind all the time. You know, all that kind of chatter that goes on in the back of your mind that tells you that you're not doing well enough and you should be doing more and you should stay up late and work harder and all of that kind of thing. I started neglecting my self-care and I started getting a really distorted sense of reality in, in the process of trying to achieve these goals. And then what would happen would be that I would become exhausted physically and mentally, completely depleted, and then that would lead to a period of depression. So, you know, when I went to see a psychiatrist, it looked like I had bipolar disorder because you'd see these episodes of intense activity and then these episodes of, of lethargy and complete hopelessness. But really what was happening was that I had no ability to regulate my activity or my behavior. I didn't know how to do things in gentle, practical, healthy ways. So I was going, I was going all out or I was just falling over in a heap and kind of admitting defeat. Um, so for me, the, the biggest learning of all, and there have been so many learnings along the way, but the biggest one has been that if you can break things down and you can accept that sometimes the process just takes a little while, you actually can get incredible results. And it doesn't necessarily have to take that much time, but you have to go into things with a kind of spirit of gentleness and and realism, I think, which is what I never had before. I love that. And the cards that you have, are they called amical cards? Is that right? Or am I saying it wrong? Well, I, I say amico, but I mean, it's it's uh, an Esperanto word. I, I deliberately chose something that was like a universal word. Okay. And it, it means friend, um, not surprisingly. So yes. uh, I think it's amico, but I, I think you could probably say it how you like. <laughs> okay. Well, the thing I like about the cards is there's nothing in here that says solve this equation, solve for X. What's the capital of, you know, some weird country? <laughs> it, it's simple stuff. Like the first card I just happened to drink water. Okay. But we all know there's nothing in here that people don't know. But the thing about the cards is 
is it's a reminder. It's something tangible. It's not something out there on the internet. It's something you can hold in your hand and go through and go, um, let me see, tackle something you've been avoiding. Okay. What have I been avoiding right now? Um, oh, I know what I've been avoiding and then you can go do it, but these are prompts. And I think the problem is as much as I love the internet, as much as I love everything that goes along with the internet, social media and all email and all this other stuff, sometimes we need physical props. Like I am 54 years young. I've come full circle from reading print books when I was a little boy to reading ebooks. Now I'm back to print books. I like holding a book. I love going to the library and your cards are awesome because it's physical. It's not something like you get a text message from you. You actually have a card and you can go through and pick which one you want to do. And I think that's incredible. And so I, I really encourage people to pick these up. We're going to tell you how you can pick them up a little later in the show. So what gave you the idea to come up with it? Now, am I wrong? Are these also playing cards as well? Oh, they yes, are. they are. Okay. Interesting. They, yeah, they are. So the idea, well, you know, when I was a kid, if you if you didn't know something and the people around you didn't know something and you didn't have access to a book that could tell you the answer, you couldn't find out that information. You remember what that was like? Oh, yes. It's amazing, isn't it? It's almost inconceivable now for the, you know, for the younger generation coming through. But I remember being about six years old and wanting to learn to speak French and nobody I knew spoke French and we didn't have a book. So I remember having to wait until I was old enough to be able to study French at school because before that point, I had no way of figuring it out really. But it's completely different now. So one thing we're really not short of is information. And what I discovered during the process of my recovery and learning to be well after all these years of chaos was that there's masses and masses of information out there. And some of it is great, as we know, and some of it's not so good. And it took a very long time for me to sift through that information and try and figure out which things I could rely on, which things were worth trying and and which things I could safely disregard. And in the process of trying to figure out where the good information was found, I started a podcast of my own and I started interviewing people. And I noticed that there was this pattern, which was I would ask people about things that they personally found helpful. And the same kinds of things kept coming up time and time again. And they were the same kinds of things that I'd been experimenting with in my own life and finding made a real difference to me. And I started thinking, well, if there are certain things that everybody seems to find quite helpful, I wonder what those things might be. And I thought maybe I'll start making a list of them. And I put them on index cards. And I noticed that if I looked through them when I wasn't feeling great, maybe I'd been working a bit too long, or maybe I was a bit overtired, or maybe I'd forgotten to have a meal, or I'd, whatever it was, you know, maybe my mood was dropping. If I looked through these cards, and reminded myself of some of these things that I and other people knew were helpful, very often I'd see something and think, oh yeah, that's what I need right now. But for some reason, I couldn't really access that in my own mind at that point. So if you asked me what I needed, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you, but with a little prompt, I was able to recognize and kind of check in with myself mm. and notice that that thing, whether it was drinking water or maybe just going for a walk outside or picking up the phone and calling a friend, whatever it was, something in me would, would kind of say yes when I looked at it on the card. It would, there would be a recognition that that would be something that would be helpful right now. 
So I started asking more and more people, what helps you if you feel a bit stuck or a bit down or a bit lethargic or you're procrastinating? What kinds of things help you to get back in the flow again? And I made a big list of all the things I came up with. And then I started cross-referencing that and trying to find out which ones had good research backing them up. So not just anecdotal stuff, but things where there were research papers and articles demonstrating why those things worked. And I narrowed those down and ended up with 55 cards uh, and worked with a designer. And we came up with a little design for each one. And we tried to keep the words on the card minimal because it seemed to me that it's really important not to have to think too much in those times when you need a bit of help. You know, sometimes words aren't what you need. And so they're designed, you look through them and and simply ask yourself, what would help right now? I I love it. The way these cards are designed, the colors are gorgeous. They're a really high quality product. And and I encourage everybody to consider these. And again, we'll tell you in just a few minutes how to uh, pick these cards up because uh, Katie's got something special for you. So, But you got to stay tuned to the end uh, the episode. No fast forwarding. Don't you dare cheat. <laughs> so so I love how you, know, you reference the messy business of being a human being. Um, <laughs> I think we all can recognize that. We all know that life never goes as we plan. I mean, I'm a big planner. I always tell my listeners to always plan their days, but you know, we still have other human beings walking around the planet. We're human beings. Uh, the robots haven't taken over yet. And so life can get messy. And unfortunately you had to go through a meltdown or a breakdown. I forgot how you referred to it, but yeah. the, the point is. You could have very easily at that point, a very pivotal point, you could have given up. And when people come to a point like that, they can go to one way, which is drugs and alcohol and, you know, bad behavior, or they can say, I want to get help. And obviously you chose the right direction. So let's talk a little bit about, let's say someone's listening to this conversation and they're at that pivotal point. They were. They are where you you were when you make this decision. Mm-hmm. Talk to this person and tell them what you recommend they should do. Well, the very first thing would just be to, I would just want to acknowledge how hard it is to be in that place. <laughs> how unimaginably hard it is when you get to the point where you feel like giving up. And there's so much, you know, culturally, we have so much shame around that. So I think to kind of acknowledge that that the person's in a lot of pain <laughs> um, and it takes a lot of courage to be trying to figure out how to move forward from there because it's really, really tough, isn't it, when you're in those moments where, where it's all dark. Mm-hmm. From there, I think, I think it's really important to know that we have the potential to change all sorts of things in our lives, even if we can't see that in that moment. That often when we feel really desperate, what we can see as possibility for the future is only a tiny, tiny fraction of what's actually possible for us. And trying to hold that knowledge close to us so that we don't believe that what our mind is telling us in those desperate moments is actually true. Lots of things are possible to change about our behavior. People can can get rid of diagnoses that 
you know, that are supposed to be lifelong. They can find ways of coping with or without medication. There are all sorts of options, but you've got to kind of hang in here and try and keep an open mind in order to find out what those options are. But there's lots of information online and there are lots of people like me in the world who've experienced stuff and are trying with everything they have to to kind of share something and give something back to other people who are currently struggling. Because I I know that I would have given anything to be able to find my way out and I really didn't know how. So uh, I I think it's really important that we try and help each other along the way. There is help out there and it's really important to try and reach out for it and, and ask people what they've learned and ask people for support. But more than anything, I think the key to it is is learning how to be really gentle with ourselves, mm. learning how to do tiny things, learning how to recognize when we've done something that may look so small that it doesn't deserve celebrating, but actually it's a really big thing for us. Um, learning to, to note down our progress, learning to build contingency for those days when things go all a bit wrong, because <laughs> there are always those days when things go a bit wrong. And if we expect steady progress and for things always to look as if they're moving in the right direction, we're going to get disappointed along the way. So understanding that there are sometimes going to be difficult days and sometimes there'll be days when we feel like we're going backwards. But if you just hang in there and you keep trying and you keep reaching out and you keep an open mind, it's absolutely extraordinary what's possible. I would like to tell the listener that if you're going through something like this, um, say to yourself, it is what it is because you can't go back and change time. So it is what it is. Now, what do I do? So <laughs> say that. I mean, literally say it out loud. It is what it is. What happened happened. Okay. Now, what do I do? Now, I would suggest you reach out to a friend or a family member. You don't have to go through any struggle alone. And I think a lot of people think it's like you mentioned shame, shaming before. They think, well, you know, I don't want people to know about my problem. You're not alone. You're not, I guarantee you, you're not the only person in the world that has ever gone through it or is going through it or will go through it. So you're not alone, but people can't read minds. And so you have to say, listen, I've got a problem. I feel X and go out to your friends, not, not posting on social media in some group. I mean, go out to your real human being friends and just say, listen, I'm, I'm feeling not right. I, you know, I feel depressed. Say something because if you keep it internal, you know, you're going to be trying to solve it yourself. And that's, I don't think that's going to work. I think you need to at least tell somebody and get somebody in your life who can put their arm around you and, and give you some love and, and try to maybe together find a solution. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, and one thing I really would like to add to that is that um, my experience as someone who's been really, really public about the fact that they've had serious struggles, you know, and breakdowns. What happened when I started telling other people about that was you wouldn't believe the number of people who quietly came up to me afterwards and said, oh, well, I, I just wanted to tell you that I know what it's like, but I don't really talk about it. Or my son or my brother or my mother or, you know, so many people are experiencing the messiness of life mm. in their different ways. It, it can feel in those moments as if you're the only person going through it, like you say, but but actually it's everywhere. And I think the idea that life should always be happy and, and perfect and beautiful 
I mean, it is perfect and beautiful, beautiful, but it's certainly not always happy. And I don't know where we kind of got that idea from culturally, because there's a lot that's challenging about being here. <laughs> and um, that's part of what it makes it makes, you know, makes life beautiful. And it's, it's really hard sometimes. Now, you are also a jazz musician. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> I don't do that quite so much these days. But yes, I used to I used to run my own bands and I was a composer and a pianist and a flautist. So wow. yes, I love jazz. I absolutely love jazz. So you played the flute and what other, what other instrument did you play? Uh, p- piano wow. and a bit of drums, actually. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, at heart, I'd quite like to go back in time and be a serious drummer. But um, there are so many exciting things to do in life. You can't do all of them, can you? No, you can't. You can't. But I, I will tell you, I'm an awesome air drummer. I mean, awesome. I mean, if you ever heard me play, it's incredible. Something I think every boy, when they're growing up and when they're going to high school, before university, they're growing up and everyone like listens to those rock songs and they all pretend that they're either the lead guitar getting all the girls or they're the drummer. Every boy, if you don't tell me that's the truth, you're lying because I don't know a single kid growing up in my, in my years growing up back in the 70s and 80s that they didn't want to be a rock star. Uh, not maybe not in jazz musician. And the thing about jazz musician about jazz music is there's different varieties of jazz. I really like like the trumpet. Um, mm-hmm. You know the trumpet they play uh, like taps. They play taps here in America for the funerals. I love oh, yeah. that kind of trumpet. So there's certain instruments I do like. I love listening to uh, music from the stage and screen, the mo- you know, the soundtrack from our major movies in the, the theaters. Um, you know, uh, Hans Zimmer is my favorite composer. I just love that kind of music. I can listen to that music all day because it's got yeah. no words in it. And you can really, like, really focus on your work because it's just this instrumental music uh, behind it. I actually have a playlist I developed on my Apple Music. It's called Writing Music, and it's all music from the movies and it's just it's so easy for me to focus by having this instrumental music play in the background yeah absolutely i do something very similar actually and i'm currently building a website to go with the amico cards so the idea is that on the website each page uh, each card has a page of its own and you can go and you can find ted talks and podcast episodes and articles and research papers so that if you're looking through your cards and you get to something and you think, oh, I'd quite like to know what the science says about this, or I'd quite like to have some ideas about how to interpret it. Um, you can go onto the website then and you can find all sorts of information. And I'm, uh, I'm right in the middle of building this site at the moment. It's going to be live very shortly. And I've created a playlist just like you for doing that work. So it keeps me in a really positive sort of upbeat frame of mind whilst I'm sitting there reading hundreds and hundreds of articles. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Very nice. Well, now tell us about these Amico cards because you said you have a little surprise for the guests, for the guests. You are the guest for the listeners. So tell us about (laughs) the, uh, the kind of surprise you have for us. Well, I just created a little page on my own website. Uh, So if you go to www.littlechallenges.com slash productivity. You'll find I've created a page specifically for anyone who's been listening today. And uh, on that page, you can get a couple of free downloads. So one of them is I created an A to Z of behavior change. So it's lots of ideas if you're wanting to change behavior. There's some information there that could be helpful about building habits and um, 
managing your attention, all sorts of different things. There's also um, another A to Z, because I'm obviously rather unimaginative and can only think of things <laughs> in alphabets. Uh, so there's an A to Z of resilience, which is something that I've written myself about some of the most helpful things that I personally have learnt in the journey to, to become psychologically well and healthy. Um, so I'm sharing that too. And also, if you're interested in Amico cards, I've just added in a little discount code. So there's a 10% discount on all orders of cards if you'd like to give them a try. And that is at littlechallenges.com slash productivity. I try, I asked Katie why she didn't say slash Mark Stuchowski, but I think we know, listener, why she didn't do Mark Stuchowski because no one would go to the website. They couldn't find it. So we try to make it easier for you. By the way, I think it's really interesting that you keep saying learnt instead of learned. And I, I think it's funny because younger kids here in the United States will say, they're saying it wrong. I'm like, no, we came from England. So if anyone's saying it wrong, we are. Just want to just want to put that out there. I uh, Isn't it great, though, the different ways that we have of saying things? I really love it. I, I love all the accents and, and uh, the different ways that we interpret language. So um, I hope I haven't been confusing today, though, because I know that sometimes I say things when I'm talking to people who aren't English and they look really <laughs> bewildered. Like, apparently the word Fortnite, is that not a, not a word that you use in, in America? Only for the video game that's highly addictive and it's not pro- a productive way to spend your time. Oh, you don't use that for for two weeks. Uh, I use that all the time. No, Fortnite is the name of a video game. Have you not heard of Fortnite? No, no, I know what Fortnite oh, is, but okay. Fortnite, if you spell it N-I-G-H-T okay. at the end, that means two weeks in okay. English, English. Okay, <laughs> that That's very interesting and I will tell you that you also use the word whilst which is i'm trying to i'm trying to get my tongue around that because you know i'm an avid bible reader and the most the translation that really throws me off is the king james because they do the doth and ye and i'm like okay is that you who is so i just stick to the more modern versions i just now you'd probably read the king james and go oh this is like how i speak this is nothing wrong with it um but it it just really (laughs) it goes back to why we don't have math on the mark stucheski podcast can i just say i don't think i ever say doth Okay. <laughs> I, I, at no point in this conversation have I said no you have ye. not and no you have not <laughs> <laughs> the ye me I don't know what all that stuff means I just try to I can barely speak my own dialect I'm not going to try to learn someone else's That's, <laughs> I'm trying to stay in my comfort zone so Katie this has been real fun if they want to get the, the downloads and the Amico cards at a discount littlechallenges.com slash productivity or they can just go to littlechallenges.com and not get the discount but you can get all your information there and uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. A lot of information, and I want whoever is listening to the show, if something that Katie said like spoke to you, go to littlechallenges.com and reach out to her, and I'm sure she would love to hear from you. Am I, am I wrong on that? Oh, I would love to hear from people. Absolutely. Please do, do get in touch. So thank you so much, Katie, for being on the show. You are a rock star. We really appreciate you being here and giving us see if I can say it right. Giving us proper wisdom. I got to use the word proper more in my, I love that word, (laughs) proper wisdom on how to be a less messy human being. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mark. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. You can also find out about my productivity coaching, my course, and where I am on social media. Everything you want to know about me, Mr. Productivity, and more can be found at Mr 
productivity.com. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. And it would mean the world to me. And I mean the world to me. If you would do two things, one, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And two, tell two or three people about this episode, about the podcast. That way I can help more people. So again, thank you so much for listening. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.